Welcome to Coffee, Culture, and the Capital with Sophia and Greg. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. We have been traveling. Um, the whole California Family Council team was in D.C. for a bit. The legislative session has kicked off, so there is a lot to talk about today. But also a reminder to be sharing this podcast with people because now that the legislative session has been kicked off, Greg, he was in charge of kind of the policy of what we do in California Family Council. He will be um, going in and kind of giving everyone the update weekly on what's going on at the Capitol and all of the policy. Huh, Greg? That's true. Uh, legislature is back. Uh, they are actively introducing bills by the hundreds. Um, they all get 25 bills to introduce. Uh, by mid-October. So count that up. 25 times 120. I think that's around 3,000 bills. <laughs> so yeah, we're, so we're, we're filtering through them, trying to watch what's being introduced. And so it's, it's only just begun. So Exactly. There's a lot going on. But like I said, we kind of kicked off the year in DC. We were at some meetings kind of just discussing gender and the whole gender ideology that's been taking over California and the nation. So we had some great meetings with the Heritage Foundation, but we also got to go over um, to the Capitol for the day and we went to and actually met with Speaker Mike Johnson's office and we were able to visit the Speaker's balcony. So why don't we go ahead and check out a clip of that? Hey everybody, it is Jonathan Keller. It's Sophia Laurie. And Greg Burt. We are here in Washington, D.C., looking over the National Mall, and we're actually inside the Capitol. We got to do a great tour of the Capitol today with some friends from Speaker Mike Johnson's office. And we just want to remind you that one of the things we love doing at California Family Council is not only fighting for life, family, and liberty in Sacramento at the Capitol, but also here in Washington, D.C. We work on local, state, and federal issues on a regular basis, and it is truly a blessing to be your voice from Sacramento to D.C. So as we start off 2024, I just want to say thank you for standing with us, for supporting us, for praying for us, and we are really excited to continue working with you in the year to come. So any other comments, guys? Yeah, we are looking forward to 2024 and fighting for life, family, and liberty in California and across the whole nation. It's great to have a, a Christian Speaker of the House uh, that we can support. Um, and uh, as we go back to California, we're enthusiastic about all the things we can do there. Thank you, guys. God bless. We'll talk to you soon. All right. But not only have we been in D.C., there's been a lot going on. So today we're going to dive into talking about a protest outside the NCAA convention, um, a March for Our Children that was down in Southern California this past weekend. We are going to talk about Assemblymember Waldron and Senator Scott Weiner have teamed up to legalize psychedelic-assisted therapy. And then as well, we've talked about this a lot, um, our Attorney General Bonta is continuing to push hard and push back on the parent notification policy and what started at Chino Valley and what's kind of been spreading across California. So that's a lot going on. Greg, do you want to chime in on any of that or what's been going on? Well, why don't we start um, with you going to Arizona. Um, as many of you know, uh, Sophia has, you know, become, shall we say, the California's poster child for, or poster woman uh, for 
defending women's sports from males uh, who declare themselves women and want to play on women's uh, sports teams, which is more or less, you know, destroying women's sports. Um, and so you went down to a sports, uh, uh, an event down in Arizona uh, for a particular reason um, and with a bunch of other female athletes. Uh, and so, so tell us about the organization. You were protesting in front of a particular organization that oversees the policies uh, governing college sports, like the sport you played in college, uh, soccer. Um, so tell us about that organization and why you were down there. Yeah, well, um, they had the NCAA convention in Arizona. And so the NCAA, that's the covering body of college sports that are in that division. So it's Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. And there's different kinds of um, organizations, but that's the biggest organization for college sports in the United States. And so they had their convention and we went out there to protest it because part of the NCAA policies is they allow men to play on women's sports teams. So this leads to women are losing out on maybe getting a scholarship to go to college by playing this sport because men are taking that spot. The men are changing in the locker rooms with the women. The men are in the restrooms with the women. There's just a lot of issues coming from this. And this isn't just a, hey, this is your policy, so this might happen. It is happening. We've seen the story with Will Thomas. You guys might know him as Leah Thomas. He was the swimmer that swam against Riley Gaines, who um, swam on the same team as Paula Scanlon. So the two of them were out there as well. Kylie Allen, she's like a 30-time All-American swimmer. She was out there. And hearing her story just broke my heart. She had to change in a locker room with a man. And she was a swimmer, so I didn't know this, but it takes about 30 minutes for them to get their race swimsuits on and off. And they have to help each other out. And so... There's a lot going on in the locker rooms and for a man to be there through that. So she actually started changing in a like dark coat closet in the locker room so she can shut the door and not have to be naked next to a man. So there's a lot going on that's wrong. And so the president of the NCAA, his name is Charlie Baker. Um, he used to be a former Republican governor. And when Leah Thomas started swimming on a girl's team, he actually said in Congress, he was there for a hearing and he said, if I was NCAA president at the time, I would have handled this differently. But he's been NCAA president for a while. He hasn't fixed the policy and it's still happening. So we went out there to protest. They actually were, they worked with us. We worked with them. They sent two of the NCAA people outside to meet us, to hear everything everyone had to say at the rally, as well as we were able to hand them, it was a notebook like this big. And it had 70,000 signatures of people calling on the NCAA to fix their policy. But what I think is really powerful is 500 of those signatures were Olympians or pro athletes. So there's people all over calling for this to be change. And so I'm going to just show a little clip of what I had to say outside the rally. Yet, NCAA and Mr. Baker due to your policies, you are taking away the chance for girls who have trained their whole lives to be college athletes as they lose their spots, their scholarships, and their safety to men. By allowing men in women's sports, you are telling every girl that the feelings of boys is more important than the ability for her to be a college athlete, to access the next level of education, and that her dream does not matter. It's time you follow the science. Biology is not bigotry. 
physiological reality is undeniable. No matter how hard females work, males are statistically faster and stronger, yet you have continued to ignore the truth. Hear me loud and clear. Men do not belong in women's sports. Nice. It's so obvious. It's it's so this we're, we live in a twilight zone world. Like wh what in the world do we even have women's sports for? If it's because men and women are different, mm -hmm. right? Women, women, bodies are different. Not their identities are different. Their bodies. And so the, the fact that uh, we can't admit this um, it is such it's an embarrassment. And so we have to encourage everyone to stand up and it's so great to see uh, a lot of women like yourself standing up uh, against this publicly calling out these guys who are allowing this to happen um, they need to be held accountable absolutely yeah it was a great um day overall and like you were saying greg this is common sense like it's pretty obvious that men don't belong in women's sports it's just obvious in general that men and women male and female very different but it was really interesting. We stood outside the doors of the convention center for about three hours and we all had our signs. We all had our hats on, all the different things. It was very evident what we were there for. And I, we kind of seemed to be there at the perfect timing. When we got there is when a lot of people were walking in and out. So it's all the different athletic directors from the NCAA schools up and down the state. It's coaches. It's all the people that kind of put together the sports um, programs at the schools. And, you know, there was... Um, it was mostly men that gave us the thumbs up, cheered us on, asked to take pictures with us and asked, what are you guys out here for? How can we help? What's going on? Thank you for standing up for this. It was so heartbreaking to see the women. They were the ones that just walked straight by and wouldn't look at us or look away. And there was a couple of women that celebrated or some just kind of gave a little thumbs up, but didn't want anyone to see that they were doing that. But it just doesn't make sense, women. You're you're erasing yourself, and so that was kind of disheartening to see. But also, I think um, it was just also encouraging. We were able to encourage those directors to stand up for us. They were willing to do it. So, if they don't make a change in the NCAA policy, we'll be there again next year, and the year after that, and the year after that until a change is made. But that is not the only thing we had going on. Um, there was a March for Our Children in Fontana, California last weekend and on kind of a very similar topic. So not only is California Family Council fighting against men being in women's sports and bathrooms, we're fighting against trans ideology as a whole because we are seeing how Planned Parenthood has gone into schools and is teaching children about hormone therapy and how to stop their natural hormones from happening and all these things. So that's what this rally in Fontana was focused on. And it was focusing on calling out Planned Parenthood and the sex ed curriculum. And for those that are listening that aren't familiar, Greg, can you kind of catch them up on AB 329, the California Healthy Youth Act from 2015 that kind of put Planned Parenthood into schools? Well, Planned Parenthood has been around forever, you know, trying to get into schools. And why are they trying to get into schools? Specifically, they want to be the, the resource that kids turn to for sex, sex advice, right? And it's a smart marketing ploy, right? Because if you, you, you don't want your kids to turn to their parents, if they find themselves um, pregnant and, you know, uh, 
or, or having an STD, you want they want them to turn to Planned Parenthood, and so they want uh, they wanted to build a relationship. So that's what Planned Parenthood has been doing for years. They they uh, go in as a third party and they do the sex ed courses for schools, right? Because schools are mandated to do a sex ed course once in junior high and once in high school. Usually it's like seventh grade and ninth grade. And so they have been uh, at the forefront of creating curriculum um, and the Healthy Youth Act, which they were heavily involved with passing here in California, um, mandated that sex ed be taught uh, a comprehensive sex ed, which comprehensive, what does that mean? Well, it, it means comprehensive. There is nothing left out. Um, and it also had to be inclusive, as they say, of all sexual identities and behaviors. You couldn't, as you were teaching sex ed, you couldn't say, hey, uh, it is not uh, it healthy in any way. You, you couldn't You couldn't imply there was anything wrong with same-sex sex acts, right? You had to treat all sex acts on an equal basis. No more moral judgments about transgenderism, homosexuality. Uh, and so they're introducing the whole idea that gender is a choice uh, and your gender, your sex are, are one and the same and they are based on your feelings and there's a multitude of genders you can choose from, right? You, and uh, so that's they've been pushing this forever and now the Healthy Youth Act was just the tip of the iceberg. Now it's in all the health curriculum, you know, social studies. It's that kind of ideology is everywhere. And surprise, uh, Planned Parenthood is now one of the biggest distributors of hormone, cross-sex hormones, right? So you can go to Planned Parenthood, talk to a counselor once, and all of a sudden they're giving you hormones to make your body look like the opposite sex, whether that's t testosterone or estrogen right, which are both sterilizing drugs to people's reproductive systems. And so it, it was great to see you guys go down there and point that out uh, because Planned Parenthood offers themselves as, you know, free resources. We love kids. You know, we're out there for, for young people. And what they're doing is they're taking advantage of, of young people's vulnerability and uh, angst against their parents and, you know, they're they're pushing pushing parents out and they they want to be the replacement advice folks go to exactly and i think it's so clear there is a direct correlation truly between that bill was passed in 2015 it was supposed to start taking place in 2016 i think covid kind of slowed it down a little bit i don't know if they were necessarily teaching the in-depth sex ed when children were at home with their laptops and their parents could hear everything um but, you know, that happened. They started teaching all these kids, you can change your gender, you can be whatever gender you want. There's a million genders, all these different things. And now here we are in 2024 and we're seeing you go to a school of literally, you go to a ninth grade class and ask everyone in that class, who here is just a straight normal person? And 90% of them aren't. So I just truly think there's a direct correlation to now children are being force fed these ideologies through the comprehensive sexual education. And also you can opt your child out of that. So literally you can go to your principal, you can send an email to your principal and say, I'm opting my child out of the sex ed because 
not only is it teaching just all these different gender ideologies, it literally shows them how to perform different sex acts. Like that's how horrible this is. You as an adult, if you go in and look through the curriculum, I'm sure you're gonna see things and learn about things that you didn't even know existed. But I'm gonna show you just all a clip from the speech I gave. But you can check out the entire speech on our YouTube channel, which I would really recommend doing because I go through how AB 329 became law and its effect. But this is just a quick little one minute segment from that. So we can check that out. That you can try to ignore what our elected officials do up at the Capitol. But they're coming for you. They're coming for your Christian values and they're coming for your children. With the help of Planned Parenthood, Governor Gavin Newsom, Senator Scott Weiner and many of the California legislators work daily to attack the innocence of your children. It's crucial we pay attention to Planned Parenthood's agenda. They financially support campaigns to get their elected officials of choice into office, who then become their puppets. They then sponsor bills, which in turn benefits their industry, of the dismemberment of innocent babies in the womb to then mutilate and sterilize them once they are out of the womb. Make no mistake, Planned Parenthood is demonic. We are in a spiritual battle, watching God's precious creation become the main target of demonic attack and destruction. The assault on children is at its peak as Planned Parenthood is the main sponsor of the sex education in our schools. Yeah, parents, too many of them still are trusting in schools. Like, are they saying, oh, that's not happening in my school. Are you sure? Have you asked to see the sex ed curriculum? I remember uh, my, one of my daughters is in public school and she was going to ninth grade and I went in to see the sex ed curriculum and it's kind of an ordeal they stick you in a room and they you lay it out all before you and you go through it right uh, and then you know i opted my my child out um, many parents don't want to opt their kids out because their kids don't want to be embarrassed right uh, they don't want to be segmented out and say oh you're you're from one of those families or right you're more concerned about you what the, your kids peers think of them than you, you are about what they're going to be taught in school right um and you that that shouldn't be right what do you what are you teaching your kid if you you're teaching them to be more afraid of what their peers think than standing up for their their biblical values in school so every parent at the very least if you got kids in public school you need to be opting them out of these mm -hmm. these courses um it one of the kickers in, in my my child's um uh, one of the, the pieces of the curriculum I thought was so ridiculous, they were going to do a role play um, with another person in the class about how to put on a condom. So can you can you imagine um, uh, your young teenager being paired up with another boy uh, and they're and they're and she's supposed to insist he puts on a condom and she he's supposed to respond that kind of intimate conversation. I mean, just. That would be sexual harassment if it was in a job situation, right? It's, I mean, so folks look into this stuff. Um, it's probably far worse than you possibly realize. It's, it's not the sex ed you had when you were in, in, in school. So.
Exactly. And like Greg, like you said, parents might be scared to take their child out. Um, they don't know if their child will get made fun of and all of that. But in my, the local community I grew up in, something my family has been doing is kind of making people aware of the sex ed curriculum and what it is. And so um, I know at least two different families where they were like, well, that that's okay. Like, I'm going to let my kid be in it. Same thing. They just didn't want their kid to kind of feel like the odd man out. Their child literally texted them and said, this is so uncomfortable. Can you please make sure I don't have to come back to this tomorrow? Because it was like a week long thing. So even the children in it are feeling uncomfortable. Like Greg said, it is unfortunately way worse than you could ever imagine. So opt your child out. You also have every right to go down to your school and ask to see the curriculum. That doesn't mean they're going to show you all of the extra little um, links and different things that they provide to the children or teach the children, but get your kid out of that because it's truly horrible. But the next thing we are going to talk about is a bill we fought last year and it's kind of come back up again in a different number with a different author legalizing psychedelic drugs last year was sb58 it was really focusing on shrooms that bill actually unfortunately passed through the legislature because of republicans um if the republicans all voted no it would have never passed because not enough democrats voted yes but so it made it through Governor Newsom did veto it, and it is back. And of course, the person that keeps trying to bring it back is Senator Scott Weiner. We don't need to inform you all about who he is. We're, I'm sure you guys are all very familiar with Scott Weiner and his bills. But this time, he has co-authored with a Republican, Assemblymember Waldron, to bring the bill back. And so, Greg, can you kind of talk about what the bill is doing, what went down in the hearing. Because yes, like I said earlier, we are full-fledged in the legislative session. Committee hearings have started. Bills are being heard on and voted on. So that's going on. But Greg, can you kind of teach us about that? Yeah. So folks, uh, remember when marijuana, um, they wanted to legalize marijuana and it took, uh, and that wasn't, that didn't really go anywhere. So they came back and said, well, we need, there's certain people who need marijuana for medical reasons, right? And now, so they didn't go through the FDA to get marijuana approved by medical doctors to make sure that, you know, uh, the side effects uh, or the uh, effects of this particular uh, marijuana uh, didn't have any terrible side effects. They didn't want to go through that system because that system would never allow marijuana to be used. Um, uh, for most uh, treatments because it has too many side effects to it. So, but so, so California, like many other states, they formed a separate system uh, where marijuana could be uh, dished out uh, first as a, for people with a, uh, a particular card that would let them use it for medical reasons, right? And these doctors popped up that started prescribing marijuana for anxiety, right? Well, they're doing the same thing with psychedelics, right? Senator Weiner wants to eliminate all uh, laws making drugs illegal. So he's been starting with psychedelics. He thinks that's the easiest one to legalize first. Well, he's failed. Um, I guess too many uh, adults still remember what LSD will do to you. The, the hallucinations, that, uh, the bad acid trips, the uh, makes you uh, hallucinate, uh, think you can fly off buildings, it's destroyed many lives, uh, especially in the 60s and 70s, when it, you know, uh, it was 
more or less uh, lots of people were using it, right? So since then, it's been illegal. The federal government says that, you know, there's no positive clinical uh, long-term studies saying that psychedelics do anything good long-term for people. But there's a, there's a bunch of folks around the nation who are promoting this, um, and they think they say that this will help mental illness, right? People, veterans with PTSD uh, are coming forward, you know, and, and giving stories about how, you know, psychedelics transform their life and really help them out. Right. So, but they're not, they don't have any long-term studies on this stuff. So what's, what's happening is Governor Newsom vetoed his attempt to legalize psychedelics for recreational use. And he said, well, you, I, but, but in his veto message, Governor Newsom said, Hey, if you come up with a, a system that in some standards, uh, medical standards and some treatment guidelines and have this dished out as a therapeutic, right, by certain types of therapeutic doctors, I would be interested in signing it. So that is what Senator Weiner has done. And he is joining up with a Republican, uh, Assemblyman Maria Waldron. She's down from the San Diego area. She used to be the minority leader in the assembly. And she's heard some stories from some veterans that said it helped them. And ignoring all other caution, uh, they are. They put together this one particular bill. They had a hearing, AB 941. They're putting together a working group to come up with some standards, right? And they're going to look at studies um, and, and figure out some guidelines uh, to allow this to be legalized for therapeutic uses. But, you know, it, they're skipping the federal system altogether. They're not waiting for the federal government to approve psychedelics. And it was interesting to see one of the, uh, they had a, a committee hearing uh, in the health committee. It, it passed like 11 to zero. Nobody voted against it, even the Republicans. They didn't say anything. But uh, one of the Democrats did say something. Her name is uh, Assemblywoman Weber. She's actually a doctor and she did not vote for it. And she had all kinds of questions. She was like, you know, you have to come, she challenged them. I want to see long-term studies really good studies showing this actually works. And I want to, uh, I want details on the side effects because they never bring up any side effects in these hearings. They don't have anybody uh, coming forward talking about the side effects and there are a lot of side effects. And so anyway, this bill is starting to move forward. Um, and sadly, I don't see a huge uh, coordinated opposition to it. So we're going to try and get the world well, get the nation and, and the Californians uh, up in arms and to remind them that psychedelics, hallucinogens, LSD, you know, magic mushrooms, this is not the cure for mental illness. There's no good scientific studies saying this works. It, it harms more people than it helps. So anyway, that's a, that was kind of a long explanation. No, that was great. Why don't we um, check out that clip? And again, if you are watching on Facebook or watching on YouTube, you're able to see all the different clips. But if you're tuning in on the podcast um, via just listening and you want to see the actual clips, go ahead and ch check out our YouTube page and it'll all be there. But if not, just tune in by listening. As we know, California is experiencing a severe mental health crisis with rising rates of anxiety, depression, substance use, post-traumatic stress disorder, 
suicide, and other debilitating conditions. My bill, AB 941, proposes a solution to this crisis through the exploration of the therapeutic possibilities of psychedelic-assisted therapy. We need the data, the research, and the recommendations of experts in this promising field of therapeutics. Having the data and protocol recommendations will help us in legislating good policy regarding the use of psychedelics in clinical settings. AB 941 will create a work group under the California Health and Human Services Agency to study and recommend a framework for the clinical therapeutic use of psychedelic substances. I guess my concern is um, what you know we've talked about before. Um, no physicians don't necessarily have to prescribe these medications or even necessarily be in this space. However, you do need to have some kind of studies that show its effectiveness and side effects and who should not be and potential long-term consequences. And so um, I think, once again, my concern in this space is we're putting a group of people together to do a study, which is great, but what is the material that they will be studying from and how valid is that material that they're looking at? Well, I, so just operating from the baseline today. So today, if you were, let's say you're a pregnant individual who says, I, someone told me that I might benefit from using mushrooms. What do you do today? You go on the internet, you, you look it up, you hope that maybe you know someone who hopefully knows what they're talking about, and then you sort of figure it out, and it may be awesome or it may not be. Um, well, what I think we want to get to a point where in California you can have people who are actually certified by the state as individuals who know what they're talking about so that you can say, oh, I can go to this person. State of California has said they have gone through the training and have the knowledge that they need, and I can ask them, um, I have this particular mental health condition. Will this be helpful or harmful to me? I am pregnant. Will this be helpful or harmful? And it, that compared to where we are now, whereas you have no one that you can know for sure is the right person, I think that is a market improvement, and I think that's where we want to go. Yeah. Again, I've, I look at what data are we looking at and, and what is the validity of that data? Um, were these actually um, you know, randomized controlled trials, or is, are, or is it all anecdotal uh, stories from individuals? And we don't have the stories from people who actually had negative side effects or long-term consequences. And so, um, you know, I think that you can't control what everybody does, but when the state says it's okay to do it, I do think that people assume at that point that it is safe. And so um, I just want to make sure that, at least for me, um, when I'm looking at something and when I'm supporting something, where is the data health-wise? And that's why I'm saying what this group, which I think is great, but what, what are they going to be looking at? What kind of studies are they going to be evaluating, especially given the fact that the regulations or the guidelines of how these clinical trials should be done just came out in June of 2023? Yeah, I think she did a phenomenal job kind of pushing back, asking the questions that needed to be asked. And hopefully, um, as this goes through more committees, people will actually start not just saying the question she was saying, but bringing up the harmfulness of what, how harmful this bill would be to our society genuinely as a whole. I know um, our friends at Family Research Council 
have written kind of a great article talking about how harmful these hallucinogenic drugs can be um, to the society because they're afraid of seeing this happen on the federal level. So we've already reshared that on our social media, but go ahead and make sure you're sticking up to date with CaliforniaFamily.org and our blog. Greg has put together a whole new story about this and about the hearing and what's going on. We're posting stories weekly on there and sign up for our newsletter to keep up to date with all of that. But with that to say, we have one final topic to chat with you all about, and it is about the California Attorney General Rob Bonta. He has defied federal court order by instructing school districts to continue enabling secret gender transitions. And so, Greg, can you kind of update everyone what's going on on that? We've been talking a lot about this parent notification policy, what's been happening, but that fight is not nearly close to being over. You're right. Now, if you've been following this issue, we've been kind of right in the middle of it. We have been advocating um, with a bunch of other parental rights groups for a parent notification policy that requires schools to tell parents if a kid has decided to change their gender uh, pronouns and their name and uh, at school. And if that happens, if everybody is now calling the kid a different name and pronoun, the parents be informed. Um, uh, gender confusion is a, is a big deal. Um, it's not something that it should be taken lightly and nobody cares for uh, kids more than their parents. And there's no reason that schools should have a policy of keeping this secret. Five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, you know, minors don't have privacy rights from their own parents. Parents are there to protect them. So the various school districts around the state have started, uh, we have 10 school districts who have put in some sort of parent notification policy. The attorney general has sued one of them, uh, the first one, Chino Valley, and that court uh, initially said, uh, put a hold on two parts of the policy, but did not put a hold on the other part of the policy. And that policy said, if a child asked to change their permanent or uh, permanent uh, or impermanent records, uh, which uh, at school, then parents must be notified. So that is legal still. Um, the other parts are up in the air. We think they're all legal. There's no law in California that says parent notification can't happen, um, despite what the attorney general says. But the attorney general is getting worried that more schools might implement some type of a notification policy. He calls it an outing policy, like uh, schools are outing uh, uh, something really private to their parents, like because that should never happen. Um, and he's uh, ma making it as though parents are a threat to their own kids and schools have an obligation to protect kids from their parents who might not agree with their decisions about gender identity. There's, there's nothing, the Constitution protects parental rights. This is a complete violation of parental rights. But he's now trying to threaten schools again at the beginning of the year with this, you know, uh, issuing of a, a, a threat. Hey, you better not do this or we're going to sue you. But there's a federal case down in Escondido where two teachers said, I'm not going to go along with keeping secrets. So they filed a lawsuit against their own district. Initially, the initial decision is that they're winning. Uh, the, a federal judge said, you're right. You don't. You should not uh, violate parental rights like this. And it's also a violation of your religious liberty to be forced to lie to parents and deceive them about their kid's gender identity. 
So that's a, and in Bonta is pretending that decision doesn't apply to his policy. So we're, we're hoping for more permanent uh, decisions in the future where uh, he's going to uh, be under uh, federal di direction to stop these secrecy policies in all the states. So we got a showdown coming up. Um, it's, it's happening. And so grateful that parents and school districts are standing up to the state when the state starts doing things illegal, right? That's that's the obligation of school districts is to resist tyrannical leaders. And Mr. Bonta is in the tyrannical category. Yeah, he absolutely is. And California Family Council is here to stand up for what's right, to stand up for what's legal. Like Greg mentioned, this parent notification policy, everything that's going on is fully legal. He's using scare tactics to try to slow down the momentum of school districts and school boards to also take it up. But there is a ton going on. And like I have already emphasized and mentioned multiple times this episode, Legislative session is up and active, and it's going to start moving fast and crazy on where these bills are going. Greg mentioned in the beginning there's three, two to three thousand bills that can be introduced. We're going to go through them. We're going to figure out which ones are affecting our biblical values. We're going to keep you informed. We're here to be your voice. We're going to go testify. We're going to create calling campaigns for you guys to easily call in. We're going to do all that. So the best way you can stay up to date with all the crazy fast-paced things going on is, again, visit CaliforniaFamily.org, sign up for our newsletter. It gets sent out once a week. It gives you the latest update on what's happening in California. Follow us on social media. If you go to CaliforniaFamily.org, the links to all of our social media pages are there. We're California Family Council on Instagram, but that's where we're posting the quick, fast-breaking news of what's going on, who to call, what to say on the bills. But we're here to be your voice but we can't do it without your help. We need your support, whether that be through prayers, whether that be using our calling campaigns to make your voices heard, but also financially. So if you are watching this live on Facebook, in the comment section, you can see the link to Donate to California, California Family Council. We function fully off of donations. Or again, you can visit CaliforniaFamily.org to donate, but that will just help us continue to be your voice here at the Capitol. Um, but that is all we have for you today. And for those of you that are tuning in and listening, I just want to leave with one little thing. We, um, if you've been familiar with the whole getting kicked, me getting kicked out of a library for saying men don't belong in women's sports, we are going back to the library and having the forum for fair and safe sports for girls again. So that will be on Monday, March 4th from 6 to 8 p.m., we will start posting about it so you guys can get there. It's in Davis, California, or just to let the local community know because we're just there to let them know what's happening in their high schools, on their daughter sports teams, their granddaughter sports teams. But we're doing it again, and you guys are the first to hear about it. But stay tuned to follow along with that. But that's all I got, Greg. I'll hand it off to you to wrap it up. Hey, I just also want to remind you, we have a watch list. If you go to our website, CaliforniaFamily.org, at the very top, every time I see a bill, um, I just added one today, uh, a bill of concern or something to support, I add it to the watch list. And some, some of the bills have a, you know, we're just watching it because we're not, sometimes they introduce a bill without all the language there. So it's like, hmm, we need to watch this one. Um, so if you want the latest on what's happening, go to our watch list. It lists, I think we have about 23 bills on there already. 
<laughs> we'll have to narrow it down because sometimes, you know, we get the list, you know, 50, 60 bills. And it's like, this is, we got to narrow it. We can't, we can't uh, fight all these things. But if you, if you want the latest, that's, that's the place to go. So. All right. Perfect. Well, we will see you all next time and we are here to keep you updated. So thanks for tuning in. I'll see ya.